if you really work them, then sometimes they can become very valuable leads that will lead to multiple transactions. And I think that's happened in a lot of situations with the people that I have done business with over the years. Hello, welcome to episode 119 of the Smart Agents Podcast. My name is Michael Walter and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we're joined by Holly Grahalis, real estate professional based in Texas. From the time Holly entered the industry eight years ago, she is focused on making the experience for her clients to be as stress-free as possible. To say her style leaves a lasting impression on her clients would be an understatement. For example, she has completed more than 10 transactions with the same family after helping one family member purchase his first home. Throughout our conversation, Holly shares how she connects with her clients and works to ensure she leaves a memorable mark on all of them. Now, before we get on to the day's featured interview, make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents Podcast. You can find the show on all major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and now Amazon Music. Also, if you or someone else on your team has an awesome story or a tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. All right, let's get on to the day's featured interview with Holly Grahalis. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope you do as well. So the way I like to start everything out is if you could just introduce yourself to us a little bit, who you are and where you're at. Hi, I'm Holly Grahalis and I am from Spring, Texas, which is right outside of Houston, Texas. Great. And tell me a little bit about your real estate journey. How long have you kind of been in and what you've been doing? Wow. I'm going on nine years now. Um, It's been a very interesting journey. I've learned so much throughout the years. I actually got started because I was working for a startup company that had nothing to do with real estate. And his wife was going to be an agent. And uh, she's from Mexico and has a lot of connections there with you know, different people. And he said, have you ever thought about getting a real estate license? Because my wife is going to get hers and she's really going to need help. She's going to be busy. And I had thought about it over the years. Like, I guess when I was about 19, so literally like 30 years ago or more, I had worked at a Remax and they had asked me back then to get my real estate license. And I was just like, Oh, I just don't know if it's something I want to do or not, you know? And so, uh, circling forward when he said that I was like yeah you know it's probably not a bad idea so I went and got my license and she ended up not doing anything so I just hit the ground running and and started working in real estate and love it right and so and like you said before we started recording you also you know you're you're working a full-time job as well and so real estate's kind of been that uh, part-time and you know kind of side thing for you over the years Yeah. So at first I did it full time for about three years. And I also uh, was able to assist a luxury realtor in our area. Um, But, you know, with it just being so cyclical and everything, I thought, yeah, I probably, you know, should go back to work for at least part time and everything, which was nice. And I have a lot of flexibility. So, yeah, for the last, I'd say six years, I've been working full time and doing real estate part time. Right. How was it, you know, so obviously this person that you thought was going to be, you know, kind of your partner in all this, that didn't quite, you know, quite happen. How did you uh, make a name for yourself and start getting these real estate deals, you know, coming in? Well, you know, at first I started, um, like I said, I was uh, the assistant to a luxury agent, but I was still creating my own business as well. That taught me a lot just by being able to go through transactions and understand the process. 
um, because I chose to go with a non-traditional broker. And I say that meaning like it's not a Keller Williams size wise. We probably are as some of the local ones here, but they don't take all your money. Um, so it's basically like a 100% broker. So I don't have to give away all my money. So that was one thing that she was kind of getting started out and such a wonderful broker. I've been with her ever since. I, I wouldn't even think about moving. Um, and, you know, they do a lot of training and everything like that. But for me, it was just more about hit the ground running and do whatever you have to do because I was going to make it my full-time job. Um, I did start with some leads and things like that, but I quickly found out that those are really not worth the money <laughs> for the most part. Uh, but one of my first leads did turn into some, to be some really good friends. And we have done maybe 10 transactions together through the family and actually have two more from the same family coming up. Um, so you just never know. Uh, it just depends on, I guess, the quality of the leads and how you work them, because that's the one important thing. People get leads and they're like, oh, I just call and, you know, I don't know what they're really looking for. And you just kind of skip by that. But if you really work them, then sometimes they can become very valuable leads that will lead to multiple transactions. And I think that's happened in a lot of situations with the people that I have done business with over the years. Right. So yeah, tell me about that because I think that's always interesting, especially with some of the the paid leads. And if you can get kind of beaten down with it and think, oh, I'm just making yeah. these phone calls. I'm just kind of wasting my time. But if you go into it with that mindset of, you know, this could turn into that, you know, those 10 transactions over a five year period, or, you know, maybe yes. they're, you know, maybe they're not necessarily ready to buy now, but if I have, you know, if I leave them with a good, you know, first impression, a good taste in their mouth, just from that conversation with me, you know, I could turn Absolutely. around. Later. Absolutely. So the very first, I would say that something that came from a lead, which was really probably my first transaction, maybe second transaction was a young man who was about to buy his first little condo. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't like a huge ticket, you know, $2 million house or anything like that. But when you're first getting started, I mean, literally you take anything and everything that you can, but it really becomes about creating a relationship with those people. And I think that's what I've been able to do really well with a lot of my clients. So he was working all the time. And so I was meeting with his mom, um, just the neatest family you've ever met. And uh, so he ended up buying uh, his first condo. Then his brother wanted one in the same complex. Then his sister came to the little brother's closing. She wanted to sell her house and buy a new one. Then the mom, who I had originally become friends with, sold her house and bought a townhome. Then they sent me a cousin who needed a lease. That lease turned into a new construction sale. Then they sent me a friend who wanted to sell her house and buy. So it was just a series of events over the years, but I think it's so crucial to understand that you have to create a relationship with these people because you don't ever know. And it's just, some of them are just so easy. I mean, this is like a whole other family to me now. Mm -hmm. um, they're just the greatest people, but you have to treat those leads the same way because you don't know what it's going to turn into. And if you go into it with, well, they're really only going to be able to buy a $60,000 condo or something like that. And eh, look what you would have passed up. You know, um, I have done a ton of business with this family and I've done that with several other people, you know, of my clients. And I think it just comes down to people do business with who they trust and who they like. And you have to make the, 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 
the transaction as stress-free as possible for them. And that's what I try to do. We try to keep it lighthearted and fun. I'm there anytime they need me, basically. Um, so you just don't know what those leads are going to turn into. And yeah, paid leads are difficult because sometimes you just, they're just the bottom of the barrel and you're like, well, why would they send me this? It's not worth my money. But then there's times where it turns out to be like that. And I haven't bought leads in years and I've just cultivated relationships with my clients. And, um, you know, that's what keeps me going. Right. And, you know, at the end of the day, it all just started out with one simple conversation. And yeah. if you can go into it thinking like, hey, you know, the ripple effect from this one phone call that I'm going to have could turn into a massive, you know, you know, change from my life or whatever. I think it would help kind of switch that mindset in some people's, you know, when they are dialing. Yes, absolutely. You, you just don't know who you're going to get on the other end of the line. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's people, they just don't know where to start and just be kind to them and help them through the process. Maybe they don't turn out to be a good prospect, um, but they might be in two years. And I've had that happen as well. At that time, they weren't ready or we sent them to a lender and uh, it just wasn't going to happen until they worked on their credit or something like that, or they their employment had to be a certain amount of years or whatever it is. And here I've got one that just did that, that sent me an email saying, Hey, do you remember me a few years ago? You were helping me find a lease at that time. We couldn't even find him a lease yeah. uh, because of his situation, but here he is now in a position to buy a house and he remembered me. So there's always blessings in these types of situations and you just don't ever know how it's going to turn out. So Right. Absolutely. And I think, you know, especially for those situations where, you know, even like for the lease, couldn't even find him a lease, but look at him now. He's, he's got that, you know, he's got that American dream. He owns a home and you're the person yeah. that helped kind of first get him on that path. And now I can guarantee anytime somebody that asks him, Hey, do you know an agent? He's going to, he knows exactly who to send him to. Yeah. And that is, that's wonderful feeling when somebody calls and says, Hey, I was referred to you by so-and-so. Would you mind helping me find a house? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a great feeling because to know that someone that you helped trust you enough to uh, offer your information to another person. I mean, uh, referrals, of course, are the part of the business and uh, that's what we all want. Right. So with, uh, you know, families like this one in particular that you've done so many deals with, how was it that you were, uh, you know, kind of staying top of mind and kind of forming that relationship, you know, beyond just that one transaction? Is it something that you, you know, you followed up with them after the initial transaction? So I get, a, I get this question sometimes, like, do you use a customer, you know, service database, you know, a CRM? How do you keep in touch with people? And honestly, I, I don't ever, I've never had a CRM, honestly. I'm just really good about keeping in touch with people and checking on them and how are you doing? And then sometimes I'll just be driving down the road past a neighborhood I've sold and I'm like, you know what? I need to call her and see how she's doing. And it's just sending a quick text or whatever it may be. You know, everybody has to find their own style yeah. and their own way of uh, keeping in touch with their clients. And mine is just really more on a personal level. And I'm, I do use my Facebook quite a bit. And most of the people that I have dealt with are either family, friends, not so much family, but more friends and things that I have made that I have uh, through real estate. They follow me on Facebook. 
So I do engage on there quite a bit and you'll see a lot of them, you know, that engage back and everything like that. So I think it's just keeping your name out there however you can with them. Right. Well, it's interesting. You know, you talk about not having like a system and not having a CRM, but you really, your system is just being genuine, right? It's right. just being a, yeah. a human to people. So I think, you know, yeah, you don't have like this crazy spreadsheet and all these reminders that go off to send texts and all this stuff. But, you know, yeah. if your personality is to be that caring individual, I mean, that's your system. Yeah. And I, one thing you say about that. So um, for instance, you know, my son and I, he's in scouts. And so we're very involved in that. And there'll be times where I'm camping or something and they'll say, Oh, we want to see this house there. I had a friend who was looking for a lake house one weekend happened to be close to where we were camping. I said, well, just let me know. And I'll just come over there and meet you. And they're like, well, we don't want to take you away from that. I'm like, it's no problem. Let me, you know, you just got to try to do whatever you can, not necessarily to appease them, but, you know, if they're in that area and you're going to be in that area and that's what they want to look at, then you go do it. You know, yes. it's, that's just one of the things you have to make those sacrifices for your clients, just like you would for your family or anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, not taking me away from anything, but yeah, it's just, and that's one thing I just warn them, I'm show you the house, but I'm going to be in shorts and a t-shirt or whatever it may be. But I think that's one of the things, just be upfront with your clients and honest. And, you know, sometimes my son's going to have to be with me or whatever. And I think they just like it that I'm just a genuine everyday person. I may not come dressed up in, you know, a suit, (laughs) but I'm going to show up for you. Right. And I think at the end of the day, that's what matters. Right. You talked about, you know, using your Facebook page. What are you doing? You know, how are you... um, you know, getting it out there to even, you know, just your friends that have been on Facebook for years that, Hey, Hey, remember I'm an agent. Give me a call when you have, you know, a need. Yeah. So of course, when I have a new listing, I'll put that up. Um, you know, and I always say something about if you're looking to buy or sell, I can help you. And I'll put the new listing and I do get some engagement on that. I think one of the most fun ways is to put up funny memes mm-hmm. about real estate people always comment on that stuff. Like, no way that's never happened or, you know, (laughs) Oh yes, trust me. It has get a lot of engagement that way. You know, pictures of my sign when I put up a new listing a couple of days later, I might have, you know, something that I've leased and I'll post that, Hey, lease this. If you're looking for a lease, I think that the engagement on Facebook is great because they're always seeing something from you. Um, whether it's family pictures or real estate, but I think like, funny real estate memes, posting anything you have listed or sold or leased that, you know, that really keeps it top of mind there. Also, I do have a real estate business page. I kind of fall off on that one sometimes <laughs> to post, but I'll post really good articles. It could be an article about what, what sellers need to do if they're looking to sell as far as staging their home or, just different things, um, articles, gardening, mm-hmm. or what to do with your pets when you're selling your house or buying, you know, it just different, different tips and things on mm-hmm. that, uh, on the buying and selling process that I'll put maybe on my business page, but on my personal Facebook page, I just keep it kind of light and fun. Yeah. Um, because I want to let them know that, I mean, I am a fun realtor. <laughs> I do try to take that stress off of, my clients and I always tell them, Hey, let's have fun with this. I know it's a very stressful process, but we're going to get through it. I'm going to be here every step of the way and we're just going to make it fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, and also by projecting, you know, just having your own true personality is that you're showing off, you know, it's not one of those things where, you know, you're seeing all this stuff on Instagram and Facebook and then you get to meet you and you're like, Oh, 
you know, yeah. it's not exactly yeah, what she's in a, she's in a t-shirt <laughs> and a, you know, she has a real life. Right. Um, yeah. I think that, yeah, we definitely, you know, you see the memes where it says uh, Instagram versus reality Yeah. and especially in real estate. Um, of course, if I'm going to go show a $3 million house, I'm going to be a little bit more dressed up and everything, but I'm still going to be myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, you've got to find, your genuine self when it comes to dealing with people and um, yeah, definitely the Instagram versus versus reality can be a real shocker in some cases. So (laughs) Um, I haven't used Instagram a lot for real estate. I do have one and I will post, you know, like listings and Mm -hmm. things like that. But uh, for the most part, I guess maybe it's my age group or something that Facebook seems to be where I get the most engagement on that. Right. Well, I think, you know, um, by being genuine and, you know, coming across as that person that is there to truly help somebody, uh, it definitely has got to work to your advantage when we have market shifts like we've kind of had. And maybe there are, you know, some sellers out there that are like, Hey, how come I can't get quite the amount of money that my neighbor did, you know, three, four, five months ago. And by, you know, having, you know, showing off, you know, those real life experiences and things. I think you just come across more trustworthy and like, Hey, you really know what you're talking about here. Right. That's very true. And that's the thing you want to come across trustworthy because there's so many real estate agents. I mean, I think in Houston alone, I think there's over 30,000. Now, of course that doesn't mean that they're all active, but who's to say that they can't choose someone else, you know? So you definitely want to keep that on top of mind and keep yourself out there and be as genuine as you can and just let them know, look, you know, um, I really appreciate you. I think that's a lot of it too. I really appreciate my clients trusting me with their real estate because that's huge. Um, they could use anybody, um, but you know, they choose to use me or another person. I mean, that's, that's the name of the business right there. Right. So how have you, how have you communicated with those, you know, uh, those clients over really like the last year when things have been kind of you know, changing and, you know, maybe even before when things were really crazy dealing with those buyers clients that, Hey, we're going to have to look at a whole lot of places and we're going to have to put in a whole lot of offers and we might not get exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, that was a hard time with some of them. Um, it was a really hard pill to swallow for a lot of people because you get really frustrated. Um, I mean, it's, I, I'm not the one who's trying to find a place to live technically, Mm -hmm. I'm there for the process, but that was very difficult. So I had one gentleman who was looking, we had put in eight offers, eight offers, and he had to go find an apartment because it just, he was so frustrated and he needed to be out of his current place within a certain amount of time. So, yeah, I mean, it got really frustrating and I just let them know this is not your typical (laughs) real estate experience. Right. Now we're getting back to where, you know, there might be a couple of offers, but it's not as competitive as it was. And some mm-hmm. of the prices are starting to drop. That was a really tough time. And actually had a very, I had a lot of discussions with my clients that if you don't have to do this right now, mm-hmm. you might want to wait because everything just keeps going up. And, you know, we just had some really heart to heart conversations about what they really wanted. Um, And then there were some that were like, yeah, I I just want to go ahead and do this now. And I think maybe one of them we were able to purchase, but it was right at that edge where it was just shifting. And then a lot of people just, 
I've got people who are just still waiting now because of the interest rate. So here we are now kind of shifting and um, it's getting a little bit better, but still tough. I have to imagine like for that particular gentleman that, you know, you had, you ended up having to find a, uh, an apartment for, yeah, I think in the long run for him, he's got to say, you know what, you didn't get me into a situation that I can't afford that in two or three years, I might be looking, you know, to have to get out from underneath this and you've saved that person from having, you know, made a, a poor decision for maybe their budget and for their, you know, their situation. Absolutely. And one of my concerns with him was you're going to overpay for this house. That's not worth $285,000. It's worth 230,000 or 40,000 maybe. So people were, you know, back in the scenario of overpaying for everything um, just to get, get the, the bid and the surprise with so many of them, you know, they would appraise. And I, that part was really hard to understand. So um, it was really just about explaining the process, especially if they're first time home buyers, that that is so important is to just guide them through the process. Right. When it really kind of seems like that's your, uh, you know, your style. And I can understand why, you know, one in particular family, I mean, gosh, you look like you're going on about a dozen listings with this one family. It's yeah. amazing. But it all comes back to your style and your, you know, uh, way of really uh, being that trusting person that they can lean on. Yeah, it's been an amazing uh, real estate journey. I love real estate and um, I just enjoy connecting with people and just helping them through the process. And that and that's just uh, been that way since I got started. And I've just been really blessed with people who have been so great to work with over the years and allow me to be myself and they can be themselves. And um, hopefully I've taken a lot of stress out of the transaction for them. And that's kind of what I aim to do. Right. So before we wrap up, tell me what, you know, we're kind of at the tail end of 2022 here. What's your, what's your goals coming up? I have got uh, a lot of stuff coming up. I've been working with a investment company on some listings. Um, I have got, uh, you know, some things in the works, you know, with leases and things like that. It's funny because over the years, I have mainly been a buyer's agent. And within the last couple of years, because of the situation, you know, with real estate, it's flipped a little bit more to uh, selling to the selling side, the listing side. So that's been great. Um, But my plan for the rest of the year is uh, to really, I just really want to take a little break at the end of the year. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. It's been a long it's been a long year this year, but, um, I'll, you know, I'm hoping in 23, like we had talked about before, I would like to implement some, um, technology type mm-hmm. ways to keep their technological ways to keep in touch with customers, whether it be a newsletter. So I'm, I think what I'm going to do is while I'm off towards the end of the year and kind of getting into the holidays, I'm going to be working on some of that kind of stuff just to automate things, but not take the personal touch out of it. I will still reach out to people. Uh, that's one of the things I've been looking into and, um, and then just reaching out to everybody to wish them happy holidays and things like that and see how everybody's doing. And that's kind of one of the things I like to do at the end of the year is really reach out to people. And, you know, as soon as we start getting into the holidays and just check out everybody and see how they're doing, if they need anything coming up and, um, 
and hopefully just sell lots of houses. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it too. And uh, hope you have happy holidays. I really want to thank Holly for joining us today. And hopefully she gets a well-deserved break this holiday season and starts 2023 off with a bang. So once again, if you think you or someone else on your team has an incredible story or a tip to share with our community, send us a message at feedback at smartagents.com. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Well, that wraps things up for this episode. But remember, follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to subscribe to the Smart Agents YouTube channel. Again, I'm Michael Walter, and we'll see you on the next episode.